I'm learning every day how to be a better leader. And from the very beginning, when I won the speech contest, I knew that now on this platform, I had people who were watching me and kids who were seeing what I'm doing. And I realized that with that, I had the power to influence uh, children and hopefully even adults. And I want to be able to inspire the next generation and the current generation every day to lead with kindness. And I hope that's what this book was able to accomplish. Hello. Hello. Welcome to At Home. This is a place where we explore all the nooks and crannies of what makes us feel at home. The good, the meh, and the messy. We've been together over 10 years and we still have a lot to learn about each other. (laughs) I've been with myself for a long time and I still haven't figured myself out. It's a process. Well, there will be heated debates. Yeah, because Drew has very strong opinions Mm -hmm. about everything, like leaving the toilet lit up. Well, hey, we'll just bring in experts to help us solve those. What about you, though, leaving hair dolls in the shower? Ew. Uh, Those are gifts. (laughs) Yeah, that no one wants. This is all a part of our life at home. Hey, everybody. Hello. It's Earth Month. Happy Earth do, Month. Do, do, do. So as we were prepping this and talking about, you know, before we were recording, we want to talk about Earth Month. You know, Linda was kind of making some notes and I just quickly had looked at something that she wrote and I thought she was writing, it's Earth Month and I'm feeling even more earthy because my belly is freaking globular. <laughs> but she's just saying that her belly That's, is a freaking globe. Yep. That it's was big. Just, that was just, what do you call it? Stream of consciousness stream of thoughts yeah that's that's how i'm feeling but it is you are exuding earthiness globe globiness globlier <laughs> i uh, i'm all i'm picturing is uh ben stiller in dodgeball dodgeball when he was yeah, talking Drew, about Drew's like global gym. The ball. yeah global speaking of earth month i actually i feel really great because since last earth month we had a lot of things we wanted to be implementing, you know, just in our lives at home as well as at work. And I'm so excited because I keep seeing the passion from our team on the production side as well, where they're bringing ideas of how we can do more things to, to be greener. One idea that Isabel from our team brought up, uh, which I didn't even consider before, was composting from on set. So after lunch, we typically, we do recycle, but most of the containers go into the recycling and the rest goes into the garbage. But I don't know why I didn't think of composting on set. So that's something we're implementing, which is a part of the Emma Green Seal. Yes. So thanks to Emma, EMA, Mm -hmm. Environmental Media Association, because they have extensive checklists to get your production Green Seal certified. Yeah, you can do a Green Seal, or if you're super solid, you get Gold gold Seal. seal. Global. (laughs) Global Gold. (laughs) But um, I, I love that we've... It's such a nice reminder of things too. And actually, it's like our team's getting excited. It's almost like incentivizing them like a game. It's gamifying the idea of doing something better. Yeah. So there there it is. Earth Month. What are you guys doing? Did you say Earth Month? It's Earth Month. It's Earth Month. In Scotland. Let's all celebrate. (laughs) What's everyone out there doing? We want to hear from you on social. Hit us up at at home and tell us the things that you are doing that could maybe inspire us to do other things as well. Yeah. I'm glad you took that optimistic approach to Earth Month because I think having a baby on the way, it does make us really think about the impacts of our everyday decisions. I know the little things can feel like it's not doing much, but at least we can feel good about what we're doing at home 
Yeah. And then go out there and make bigger changes. But a lot of little things add up to a big thing. Yes. So I think it's still great. And one thing I do want to just say, it's a totally random thought, is I love all the different compostable, like flatware, like all the disposable forks and knives and stuff that are compostable, but, uh, and getting rid of plastics and single use. But the only thing is, what do you think? Like the only thing for me is I don't like the wooden ones because it tastes so, it's on my teeth. It's no, it like, feels ugh. weird. It's like you're going to get a splinter. Yeah. But there are ones that are made from like potato and stuff like that, that actually just mm. feel like plastic, but they are compostable. Mm. I, I think that Fork to me. Fries? Yum. Yeah. Fork fries, don't eat the fork. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I think uh, we're going to continue to learn better processes. And again, it's a whole other conversation. There's a difference between commercially compostable and and residential. But I think it, as long as we're moving in that direction, mm-hmm. yes. kudos. There's so many ways. We said we were going to keep this intro short. It's not short. I like to babble when it comes to yeah. compostability. It comes to everything. But we're going <laughs> to shift from, you know, that's being kind to the planet. But now let's talk about being kind to one another. Which is still being kind to the planet. It is. Race to Kindness founder Orion is an 11-year-old. He's a sixth grader and he is Times 2021 Kid of the Year. Kid of the Year. Kid of, kid of the Year. year. We're, we're so excited to talk to Orion. He has a huge voice, huge smile, and he's only 11. And he's inspiring us all to be kind and to take action, whatever our passion is. So he's from Mansfield, Texas, and he started Race to Kindness. He was basically just think, trying to think of campaigns of how he could inspire the people around him, do kind things and encourage other people to do kind things. He did the Race to 500 Toys, Race to 100,000 Meals, Race to 500,000 Books. 500,000 books. Yeah, and it all started with a speech contest that he won, but we'll let him talk all about that and listen to his mantra, which is, if you see a problem, fix it. Simple as that. Simple, simple. And at 11 years old, he has already written a book, a kid's book about leadership. I feel like we just need to dive in and learn from Orion. You know, he's an 11-year-old, but I kind of feel he's, you know, mentally he's like a 50-year-old. He's so wise. Anyway, let's welcome Orion Monaco Jean and his mom and dad, Carrie and McDonald. We get to talk to them about parenting. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices, like my lights, my locks. (laughs) My security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. (laughs) Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. There are a few things that you say you love to spread kindness. And there's one thing that you had mentioned, like even things like asking your parents if, uh, you know, you can help with chores around the house. Did your mom and dad make you say that one? I kind of feel they made you say that one. <laughs> well, sometimes. 
sometimes I do forget to do the chores, but that 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 one did come from me. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all I wanted to verify before I you rock and roll. You. I believe you. <laughs> so just to start out, Orion, can you tell us about your journey to kindness? Um, in listening to you speak, one thing you said that really stuck with me is that a lot of people have kind thoughts and want to do kind things, but you know, sometimes we feel overwhelmed. What was it that made you take the leap from thinking about being kind or doing kind things to actually doing it? Well, it all began for me when I was entered into a national kindness speech contest with less than 24 hours left to enter before the contest closed. So I worked very hard to write my speech. And while working on it, I realized the effects of COVID-19 and the pandemic on how the world worked. People were losing their jobs and losing access to resources like food and books and donations at hospitals were lowering and it changed the world. It also changed the way that we spread kindness. We're now no longer able to truly be in contact with each other. So certain ways to be kind to people are now off the table as our social interactions are limited. But in the speech, I tried my best to make sure that there were ways that everybody could be kind, even in this socially distanced state. And after winning the contest, I realized that I had the opportunity to spread this message on a larger platform. And the Race to Kindness was born. As we've already mentioned to you before, you know, we're big fans and, and you've helped us spread kindness in our circles, in our community, which is really nice because you inspire us. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful how you reframe the physical isolation, because yeah, it, it is. It can be a barrier into how we help people, but you reframed it into an opportunity. You know, because with platforms like social media and other media, we are able to reach people worldwide. Mm-hmm. And so, McDonald and Carrie, I have a, a question for you. You know, when, we're about to have our first child, which we're really excited about. But I feel, you know, maybe when they get to the age where they're in school and, um, you know, what I remember when I was a kid, there were quite a few bullies in our school and there was a lot of, uh, kids not being kind. And I don't think they realized what they were doing. They were just sort of being kids and unknowingly were very unkind to other kids. Have you mm-hmm. seen a shift when you've seen what it's like for, you know, Orion being at school? Is there a shift in a lot of the kids mentality nowadays, just like Orion? Um, or do you find it still takes someone with that shining personality to spread that kindness? Uh, you know, I'll say, I think the natural environment of school sometimes just, I don't you know, I don't know what the driver is as to why kids tend to do some of the things that they do. But I think one thing that Orion has always tried to do was just to be an example. It's always good, you know, to hear people say kind things and, you know, encourage people to do things. But I think by action and doing and actually being the example goes a lot further. I think kids latch on to actions. That's why as adults, we have to be very cautious of some of the things that we do. Um, And I think Orion caught on to that lesson very, very early in that he not only, you know, exemplifies it with his words, but I think in practice, he, he tries to, if he sees a kid you know, sitting by themselves at the lunch table, he goes over and wants to sit with them. Or um, if someone, you know, seems like they're having like a really down day, and I don't know, you know, where this came from so early, because I know for sure I wasn't like that when I was younger. <laughs> so I think he's he's taken it upon himself to just be the example, as opposed to just 
sharing it in a verbal message, I think the action of it goes a lot further because kids get to see it. And I think that goes so much further than just saying it. So, Mm -hmm. And I I just want to break that down even more, Orion, if you can do that for us, because I think a lot of kids are kind hearted. Um, But can you describe what that thought process or that feeling is when you see someone, you know, sitting by themselves, you might be someone may be shyer and may not speak up to, or may not have the confidence to sit down with that person. Can you describe so that someone who hears this can be like, yeah, I, I can take that extra step and, and do that as well. Like what is, what is going through your beautiful mind? <laughs> Thank you. Well, in theory, kindness is one of the easiest things to do. And being kind is one of the easiest things to be, but in practice, in the real world and at school where there are kids who aren't necessarily kind to each other and there are kids who don't feel brave enough to go sit with that person or maybe they are that person but they don't have the confidence to you know ask somebody to sit down with them so I think that it's all about taking what you hear and what you think and putting it into practice in real life because sometimes being kind is just as easy as taking the thought process in your head well I see this problem what can I do about it? How can I fix it? And sometimes most of the problems in the world in our everyday lives can be solved by just simply trying to fix the thing that you see is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the biggest lesson, right? Like even as adults, sometimes we feel crippled because the problem in front of us seems so massive mm. and we talk a good game, but no one ever does anything about it. I think that the lesson that we can learn from kids is that their their intentions are just pure, right? They don't have a motivation or anything um, externally that's driving it. They see a problem and they fix it mm-hmm. or they see a problem and they want to do something about it. Whereas sometimes we kind of wait in the wing and we're kind of waiting for another adult to yeah. do it when we have the capacity, the know-how and the tools to do uh, the right thing. So I think the lesson that we, we, we always get from Orion is that don't just, you know, talk about it or, have these feel-good conversations about it, actually mm. get up and do something about yeah. it. Yeah. I think mm. a long way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that idea of, especially if you're, you know, it's not always tr- doing something unkind, but the matter of doing nothing can be unkind. And then sort of like having that little that little voice in the back of your head. I call that my Linda voice, by the way. If I'm ever doing something <laughs> where I'm, I'm just too busy and I, you know, if there was something that I could have stopped and helped with, but I'm too busy and I want to go, I hear the Linda voice when I'm avoiding doing something kind. I'm like, nope, this is more important. I can take the time to do that. And I think in Linda's head, she hears the Orion voice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so Carrie, one thing I'm curious about, how do you, as a parent, if you're trying to raise your children in a way that is just inspiring them to be them, their best selves, how do you do that where you're not just sort of dictating to them what they should do? Like, be kind, do this. And how do you do it where you are encouraging them just to flourish and learn things on their own? It's sort of guiding them instead of closing them in and telling them what they should be. To your point, it's it's looking at ourselves every day and, and knowing that we have children. Orion actually has a, has a little brother as well. So knowing that we have children that are watching our moves mm. and... Um, watching how we interact with maybe a waiter or a waitress at a restaurant or, you know, watching how we may see a neighbor that's struggling, you know, that, that needs some help. And are we offering ourselves up to to help that person? Um, and so on a daily basis, you know, we, we try to kind of be mindful of the things that we do. And we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we know that 
he can learn through our example. And I, I think another simplistic way too is that sometimes kindness is not always showing it in action per se, but it can be just as simple as not being mean, if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, nowadays in social media and someone making a, a, a rude comment to someone, like, you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just choose to be silent. And then that in itself can be showing kindness to someone. Mm. And so we talk about that often too, that, you know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, collecting a hundred thousand meals or 500,000 books. It can be just as simple as not making someone else feel bad mm. and, you know, showing up with a smile or giving them a hug when they need to. And, and, um, you know, showing it in, in just a variety of different ways. Yeah. I love that because it really does show it's, you don't have to, have a big following on social media. You don't have to be doing a massive campaign with lots of money behind it. Even one little small thing, doing a kind gesture for one other person can make a world of difference. Mm-hmm. Although we do want to talk about the 100,000 meals and 500,000 Yes, books. amazing. That's huge. Can you talk about how that came to be? Well, for me, the race to 100,000 meals and the race to 500,000 books both came from personal experience with the Race to 100,000 Meals, the nonprofit organization that I worked with, I've known them since about second grade. And I've gone to their events where they pack meals with uh, my parents. And that in and of itself is an example of them trying to instill these values of kindness in me. And well, for books, I've always loved books. I'm actually in the middle of one right now. And (laughs) I want to be able to share that love with other children because I want to be educated and hopefully try to educate other people and make sure that all kids and all adults have access to good education and entertainment that, you know, every once in a while we can take a break from our screens and uh, go into a different world and learn about different people and places and cultures and all of these things, the meals and the books in some communities, there's no access for food. Some people don't have, you know, enough money to buy food. Some communities, there are grocery stores. And for books, sometimes parents don't have time to take their children to libraries or money to go to the bookstore. Uh It's really about access. And I want to help provide access for the children and adults in these situations so that everybody has access to the same amount of resources so that we can all grow up and continue to be, you know, kind, educated leaders. I think that's amazing. As you, I've I've heard you mention before in one of your interviews too, the idea of, you know, the more access people have, the more opportunity they have, and I think that that's a really great thing that you're a catalyst for that. Thank you. I, what are you reading right now? Well, I'm reading a book called Spy School. Uh, yeah. I just came back from a gift shop and I bought like three books there. So uh, definitely trying to. Uh, read those right now. So your your book, a kid's book about leadership, is so inspiring and helpful and just fun and and it's just so easy to grab onto and and hold onto your words. Thank How you. does it feel being a leader yourself? Well, I think for me, I'm learning every day how to be a better leader. And from the very beginning, when I won the speech contest, I knew that now on this platform, I had people who were watching me and kids who were seeing what I'm doing. And I realized that with that, I had the power to influence uh, children and hopefully even adults. And I can use that for good or for bad. And I want to be able to 
inspire the next generation and the current generation every day to lead with kindness. And I hope that's what this book was able to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It definitely does. And I want to tie your answer back to what you said at the beginning about you, you know, forgetting certain chores. I think that's important for people to hear that, you know, leaders are not perfect. Um, And that's part of being a leader is that you're not perfect, but you're doing things kindly and and gracefully. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that was one of the, you know, in the book, he talks about, you know, sometimes he's pessimistic and, you know, sometimes he's um, impatient impatient. and, Mm -hmm. you know, we tried to kind of, he tried to share kind of that vulnerable side to him so that kids can know like, okay, I can still be a good leader, even if I have, you know, if I struggle with with certain issues. Yeah, and and I think we're all going through that right now, kids and adults alike. You know, with Mm -hmm. everything going on, it is so easy to be pessimistic or or feel helpless. Um, But if we just start where we're at, that that is making a difference. Yeah, I need to know something. Has Orion ever been grounded? (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Orion, what did you do? Come on. Well, it was a long story. <laughs> well, we got time. We got yeah, time. You know, <laughs> you know it, and it's funny as his parents, you know, you would be amazed at the level of conversations that we have with him where we feel like he's, you know, 35 or 40 years old. And then something will happen at school or something will happen around the house. And we're like, okay, he's 11, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's still a kid growing and learning. Listening to you speak, Orion, you have, you're so uh, well-spoken. You have such uh, articulation with everything that you say and there's passion behind your words. I love it. How do you learn at such a young age? I mean, I know all kids have passion and all kids are dreamers and and uh, but you, there's you almost feel like your mom said like you're 35 or 40 years old. Where did that come from? How how do you become so confident speaking, you know, with adults? I think that was part of the thousands of books thing uh from a young oh, well, younger age. <laughs> <laughs> I've always tried to you know, find new words in books and look them up and find out what they meant. And I would like occasionally use them in a sentence. And I started realizing, hey, this is kind of fun, you know, improving my vocabulary to be able to speak with adults and talk about important issues in a way that appeals to both adults and kids to where kids can take me seriously and so can adults. Have you ever used the words... I remember when I was seven. (laughs) (laughs) Back in my day. Back in my day, right. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. (laughs) Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. What are you looking forward to next for all three of you? Well, for me right now, I am looking forward to hopefully being able to make a bigger impact because of this Time Kid of the Year title. I've been able to, you know, fully reach more people and I want to continue doing that for the rest of the year and even after. So I'm able to continue going on stages and places where no 11 year old, well, not a lot of 11 year olds at least can say they've done or gone. So when I grow up, I'm able to inspire my kids to not necessarily be 
exactly like me, but to try to, you know, aspire to write, to be better than me, to, because the goal of every generation is to make sure the one that comes after them is better than them so that we can constantly improve as a world, a society. And I want to be able to uh, be a part of that. Do you see yourself being in politics? Do you see yourself, you know, being a, a business leader? What do you What do you think is right now? What's What's one aspect of what you think when thirty years from now? I'm not exactly sure. Thirty years from now, I might be a stay at home dad. Thirty years from now, <laughs> I might be a senator or something. I'm not exactly sure what's going to come in the future, but I look to the past even because. What I've been able to do, hopefully, is just an indicator, an indicator of the things to come. Mm. And I want to be able to know that wherever I go from here, if it all stops right now, that I was able to do the best that I could and use my voice for good. Awesome. Carrie McDonald, what's your future? You tell us. We We literally every day, it's, it's, it's a new adventure with him. And, you know, we've had the privilege of experiencing new things in our lives that we could have never imagined, um, you know, 11 plus years ago. And so he's reminded us that, you know, while you can try to plan for the future, um, you never know what's coming next. And Mm -hmm. so we take it one minute at a time and enjoy the, the journey. We never got into this journey for all the things that are happening. These are just byproducts of of you know, the walk, right, or the journey. And it's so unpredictable because I remember the very first day, the very first sign we drew on a a little postcard about, you know, the race to 500 toys Mm -hmm. after the the, uh, the speech contest. And looking back, and it wasn't even really that long ago to where things have accelerated so quickly in such a short period of time, I think the biggest lesson for me is being prepared when the opportunities come knocking, being uh, being astute about your environment, just kind of knowing, you know, the impact of, of your voice and, and the reach that you have. And with every different platform that he gets, he gains an additional crowd of people that were not initially aware. And, you know, we try to stress the importance of having that level of, and I don't want to say power, but affluence, uh, or influence over so many people at such a young age. It's an awesome responsibility. And again, we try to stress that, hey, look, you're still a child, you know, so there are going to be times where you're not going to be perfect. You don't have to beat yourself up, mm-hmm. um, you know, if things don't always play out the way that you expect them to. You know, we watch you guys on TV and watch those shows. Who would have guessed, right, that we be, we would be sitting here and having this conversation? So you just mm-hmm. never know what you do and what you say and where it could land you and just be prepared uh, for those opportunities. So that's, I think that's the biggest lesson about this journey. And as far as what's next, I, I have no idea, but whatever it is, we want to be as prepared as possible. Yeah. Well, it's always good to have an open mind. And how has, you know, this whole experience changed the conversations you're having at home? And also you mentioned you have to remember, like you are a kid and we are all human. So as much as we are out they're trying to change the world. We also have to look after ourselves. Um, so yeah, I guess that's two questions in one. How has this experience changed 
your conversations at the dinner table first. One of the unique dynamics about our family is that we talk about a wide range of things. I think as adults, we are pre-wired to withhold certain things from our kids Mm -hmm. because the natural propensity is to protect and to guard their ears and eyes from all the things that are happening in the world. I think part of the reason why Orion is so in tune with with the needs of, of people around him is because we never really shied away from certain discussions. I mean, obviously within good taste, but we've always made it our business to be as forward as possible about the realities of the world that we live in. And, um, you know, sometimes there are some topics that, you know, we we have to really consider whether or not we want to get that deep into it. But I think that um, if they don't hear from you, they'll hear from somewhere else. Yeah. Right. So not, we, we would prefer to be the source. And I think that that has shaped, you know, his outlook. And Orion being the receiver of, of this information, how does that feel when you hear from your parents, you know, news or, or going on that might not be all flowers and rainbows? How does it feel to make you hear it from, from your parents to have this conversation at home? Yeah, well, it's in a way, hearing about the bad things in the world can be sad and it can make you feel hopeless, hopeless and, you know, a lot of different feelings all at once. But in a way, it's also inspiring because it gives me the fuel to continue going and to try to help people and to try to make a difference because I see these issues in the world. And now it's like, what am I going to do about it? Am I going to sit here and be a bystander and watch? Or am I going to try to at least, or at least try to figure out a way to make an impact, to make a difference in the situation, whether that be through toys or meals or books. Mm -hmm. And it may not be super big and it may not automatically fix the problem, but I do know that I was able to help someone. It will hopefully brighten their day and let them know that they are cared for and that, you know, kindness does exist in the world and, That's why it's so important that we have these conversations, because without that, I wouldn't know about the issues and I wouldn't think about how to solve them because I wouldn't know anything about them. Uh, A friend of ours, Henry James Garrett, who has written a book, um, this book will make you kinder. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's the the same sort of a thing that that I love. It's a nice little reminder for us always to, to consider other people consider that they don't, their day is not the same as our day. And, and that's another reason to be kind. So in traffic today, I'll, I'll admit, because we were looking forward to our interview here today, there was somebody who, where the, the street was, it was a bus lane only, and it was backed up here. And this person kind of whipped through the bus lane and came to cut in on everybody else. So mm-hmm. my, my first um, thought was, I'm not going to let you in. And I cut them off. I, ju- I just, I kept my lane where it was. And right after I did that, I was like, you know what? That was not kind. Even though they're doing something that is not really kind themselves, trying to cut in on everybody else. I'm like, I didn't have to perpetuate that. And I could have stepped back and I could have understood maybe there's a situation there where they were going through something that I don't understand. So uh, literally two minutes later, another person did the same thing, the guy in the truck. And I was like, go ahead. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they on. really had to use the bathroom. Maybe they did. So. <laughs> you know, that's interesting you said that because now we're so subconscious of like 
when we make a decision where we know it's unkind, we're not doing something. You're, you have that Orion voice in your head yes. all the time now. Yeah. <laughs> and even if it's like a mechanical thing, you're not naturally being kind. The fact that you choose to be, regardless of the fact that you have a propensity to be unkind, I think that incrementally makes the world a better place. So, yes. so, so I, I appreciate you saying that because yeah, I, I'm a, yeah. uh, one of those guys in, in traffic, like you're not going to cut me off, and I'm yeah. not going to. Carrie's like nodding. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So I get it. I hear, yeah. yeah, it's it's a muscle, and we gotta we have to work it out. So Orion, you do so much uh, thoughtfully to be kind with people. If you come across a situation where you can be kind, how has all the reading that you've done and and that mindset where you're always in that that mindset of giving to other people and helping other people and being kind? How does that help you in a situation where you have somebody who's purposely being aggressive or mean or prejudiced or something against you in the moment, do you find that, that your kindness has actually changed your ability to cope with that situation? Or do you find that there's still some sort of a fight or flight before that calm 40 year old brain of yours yeah, comes and speaks in your brain? Yeah. Right. Before, before the Orion voice comes, yeah. comes in originally when somebody says something mean to you or when somebody isn't kind to you, automatically your first reaction would be like, well, why? Like, I don't get it. I, I wasn't bothering anybody. Like, why are you, why is this happening? Just confusion and anger. But then I'm not exactly sure what everyone's going through, but I know that either way I can choose to react with kindness and mm-hmm. hopefully it may not make a difference at all to them, but I know that to me, it means that I did my absolute best to try to show kindness to them mm-hmm. and to practice what I preach and try to take what I've learned in all of my years of you know, reading and all of my the, years. There, I was going to say, there's another one of those phrases. In all my years, walking uphill both ways. Right. But, but you know, I, I know what you're saying. Like, like I, I agree. Like I find you'll find this when you have more of those years, you know, I'm 43 and there, there are times I'm somebody who has always been, you know, Linda used to kind of like roll her eyes at me when I would do this because I'm someone that I don't like seeing people get away with bullying. And in the adult world, there are still a lot of people that will bully you know, mentally mm-hmm. or physically. And I like to be the person that will stand up to them and say, no, you don't. But I used to always do it in a way where if they were aggressive, I would match their aggression. Or if they were, you know, if they were trying to be, you know, loud, I would be just as loud. And then with Linda as a great inspiration for me, I've tried and tried and tried to, when I get in that situation, stop the Drew auto reaction and move into what what you talk about, Orion, where it's more of a, a communicating um, reaction and to try and understand understand the person. And I am blown away by how many times that person goes from 100 right down to a normal level again and they actually have a conversation and they even apologize and just say, sorry, I just, I, I'm just i having a bad day, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And there have even been times where the person has turned around to be a very, very kind person. They were just having a bad day. Mm-hmm. It's so, so much more effective and it's better for your health because you oh, don't yeah. want to you know, <laughs> raise your blood pressure because it's, yeah. it is hard to see you know certain injustices, um, but there is a kind way to do it and it's better for your own heart too. Mm-hmm. Orion, is there, what, what's the last thing that you remember today that you did that was a kind moment? What's the last thing you did for someone? Uh, well, I think for me, I came in today. I had you know, a really long day. I just finished a, a couple of projects, actually, that I had to 
present at school and I was very, you know, tired and I wanted to, you know, go to bed, but I realized I had a homework assignment. I was having trouble with a math problem that I didn't understand. And my mom came over and she sat down and she said, well, let's, let's figure this out together. And she helped me understand it. And while I was having, I was feeling really tired and my brain was not at its full capacity. She helped me understand the question and it helped me calm down a little bit to be able to, you know, feel more at peace yeah. and get the rest of the worksheet done. And I'm going to turn it in tomorrow and I'm going to hope that I get a good grade. Nice. Because I'm not 100% sure that I got everything right. <laughs> Are you saying you're not 100% sure your mom knows how to do the math? I actually thought I thought you were gonna say your kind your kind moment today was I had this math thing and I said, Mom, out of the kindness of my heart, do my math. Uh, yeah. So that's that's great. I think uh you have you are definitely an inspiration. I can only imagine how you know, how many great things are gonna come in the future from you and that sort of ripple effect of inspiration. What do your classmates think? When they see you on the cover of Time Magazine, when they see you you're writing a book and they see everything that you do, how does that inspire them? It's a different reaction from different people. Some people are like, okay, cool. <laughs> and, and then other people are like, wow, that's really inspiring. You know, uh, They'll ask me questions about how to be kind. And that's one of my favorite parts. But it's also like, yeah, I'm, I'm just a kid like you. I not this authority on kindness or leadership. I'm just trying to do my part. And then other people will not react in, you know, the most kind way necessarily. It's a different reaction, like I said, with different people. But I know with the people who do ask me questions and about how to be kind and all of these things, that's where I know that's yeah. only where I'm able to be making an impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those are the things to celebrate. Yeah, exactly. All right, we have a speed round. Really tough math questions. Yeah. <laughs> Starting with calculus. Okay. All right, what meal makes you feel at home and who cooked it? I would say like those oven-baked pizzas that we make on like, you know, Friday nights. And sometimes it'll be me, sometimes it'll be, sorry, one of them. <laughs> but, you know, I just, I just love the feeling of, you know, family because usually when we have pizza or watching a movie or doing family activities together. So that's one of my favorite things. I heard you're a movie buff and you play the drums and all these things. So I'm with you. I love movie nights. So here's my question. What's your favorite movie? They already know what I'm going to say from a very, very young age. My favorite movie of all time will probably forever be The Lion King. Uh, <gasps> it's amazing. Like I know every single line, every song, I wanted to go see the Broadway musical, all all of the things. It's, you know, like my, my absolute favorite. Hakuna I, Matata. I love that movie. <laughs> all right, that, that's my motto. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Perfect. What's your perfect Sunday morning at home? And this is for any one of you. Sleeping in late. <laughs> I am not like any of them. No. I can't sleep in. For me, it would be waking up at like 7 a.m., finding a good book and, you know, chilling in bed. <laughs> that would be my perfect Sunday morning. Yeah. 
Mine would be at the spa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Linda goes to the Drew Spa and gets her feet rubbed and her shoulder rubbed. You know, McDonald, not putting pressure on you. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's because I'm pregnant. It's because <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Orion, what's your favorite book? Favorite book. <sighs> That's actually a tough one because mm-hmm. a lot of probably thousands. Um, well, I'll go with a book that I am, you know, rediscovering right now. And that book is uh, Tristan Strong, Punches a Hole in the Sky by Kwame Mbalia. And uh, that book was like the perfect mix for me between a realistic, you know, uh, preteen who is grieving over the loss of his best friend. And then also there's these super mythical African gods who can, you know, who have super big hammers and are rabbits. So it's it's like the perfect. <laughs> it makes more sense in context. I was gonna say I, I didn't expect the last part, but it sounds very interesting. Yeah, rabbits with hammers. Got it. You know, we'll have so. to recommend that to our nieces and nephews. So I have one last question for you, and this is for each of you. We're soon to be parents, so what is one great piece of advice you can each share with us? I, I'm, not, I'm not the parent, so I would know. <laughs> I would know, but uh, I would say, well, kind of for the kid, I guess. Just be curious, you know. Allow allow him or her to be curious and to try to find out things about the world and you know realize things about the world that they're growing up in and that they're going to live in, and allow them to want to learn new things and. That's going to get you, you know, very, very far in life if you're always curious and wanting to see what's next and always wanting to, you know, find out different things about the world around you. That is wise advice. Thank you. That's great. I would say remove any preconceived limitations you may have about yourself and not impose that on your child. And what I mean by that is as parents, sometimes we we preemptively say, no, it's probably too early or we can't expose the, the kid to this book or, you know, or to this toy or to, and it translates into so many different things with Orion. We made a decision early on that we were going to try to accelerate, you know, his exposure to certain things, obviously within good taste, but we saw how it paid dividends. His love for reading just exploded because we exposed him so early to it. I think I, I would add, um, you know, as you're watching your child, be curious, um, paying attention to the things that, that make them happy. And so, you know, obviously for Ryan, you know, we've talked a lot about how reading has made him happy, but for other children, it may be music, it may mm-hmm. be sports, it, it may be something completely different. And, you know, finding out what that is for your child and then helping them flourish in that area, mm-hmm. I think is going to be incredibly important. You know, I, I think one of the things that we have learned throughout this journey, and we Parents will ask us all the time, you know, how can they make an Orion? And it's like, we want you to make uh, whatever your child is, right? Yeah. Like, this is not every child's path. Yeah. You know, child may be destined to be great in, in a completely different area, and that is okay. Yeah. Well, that's so, what makes this world a wonderful place is that we're not all the same. And uh, I think that that's amazing. Honestly, that is three different specific types of advice that w- that are amazing. Thank you yeah, so much. We will cherish I, I really that it. for yeah. sure. Thank and you guys for having us and good luck with the with the newborns. Yes, and the many blessings. Thank, yeah. you. Thank you. Keep it up, Orion. Keep inspiring the world. Thank you. <laughs> we, we will try. <laughs> 
And by the way, we have an amazing team and just want to say a huge thank you to all of them. We could not do this without them. Brandon Angelino. Annalie Bell. Hannah Fan, Courtney Iwanis. Wes Friend. Chris Cobain. Nicole Schachter. And Sabrina Ayakobuchi. Also, our theme music is by Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson and our music composed and produced by Rick Russo. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have a few seconds, don't forget to subscribe and rate. Yes, please do. Please do. And also leave comments on our social media at at home we love to hear from you ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT is awesome and believes that the smarter the home, the safer the security. I can't wait to see what they do next. They're going to put Google Nest doorbells on the moon. (laughs) Actually, I'd like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with our Google Nest doorbell. I do love how when we're out at dinner, we can see exactly what's going on at the front door. And we can control our ADT smart devices like... Lights, locks, the security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. Mm -hmm. All you have to say is, hey, Google, to get started. Well, I think it's great for people to help protect what matters most with all of this. Plus, 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Hey, Google.